In improvisational theatre, there's an adage that says make your partner look good. In leadership and business relationships, this means you can make personal interactions a win-win situation for both you and your colleagues. Welcome to Partner Up with Amy Carroll. Speaking with guests and listeners like you, Amy uses her wisdom and wit, leading you along the road to success. Now, here's your host, Amy Carroll. Welcome, everyone, to Partner Up with Amy Carroll. As a communication coach, trainer, speaker, and author, I'm delighted to be your host and excited to bring you insights and ideas to help you solve your communication conundrums. This is the 42nd episode of my show, Partner Up with Amy Carroll. If you want to find out more about me or what the show's about, feel free to listen to previous episodes on my website, carolcoaching.com, or go directly to the voiceamerica.com business channel. Be sure to download, download the app, or you can always tune in using your favorite podcast app. If you missed last week's show, I interviewed Dr. Marianne Schmidt-Mass. She's a professor of organizational behavior and one of the 50 most influential living psychologists. We discussed how to fight implicit bias and protect against overusing one's power in order to become a leader worthy of following. Be sure to check out that episode from June 11th. Today, my guest is Kristen Envig. Welcome, Kristen. Thank you, Amy. It's, uh, it's an honor to be here. It is. I, for me, it's a real treat. Your name has come up multiple times during these interviews with people. And I guess that's because I got to meet them thanks to you. So I'll share with the listeners shortly oh, how that came to be. Though before I do that, listeners, I want to give you uh, some background on Kristen so you know who I'm going to be interviewing and speaking with today. Kristen is a pioneer and a thought leader in the field of creativity, feminine, and authentic leadership. She embraces global responsibility through innovative leadership events and personal speaking engagements, which inspire women worldwide to become agents of possibility. I love that expression, Kristen, agents of possibility. Cool, right? <laughs> yeah, really cool. Kristen was named among Diversity Global Magazine's top 10 influential women in global diversity and won the International Alliance of Women Award. Kristen has dedicated over the more than the, the past 22 years to women's leadership and organizational change in order to inspire others to create a world where business flourishes and societies thrive. Kristen created WIN, which stands for Women in International Networking, back in 1997 to bring a life of vision to bring to life a vision of more feminine, global, and sustainable ways of working at work, in the community, and life overall. And 22,000 individuals, hundreds of companies have attended WINS live meetings, which have expanded around the globe. In her early career, Kristen worked for big companies such as J.P. Morgan, Citibank, her education is as a business economist from Oslo and then an MBA from, uh, help me pronounce the name, Milan's Bocconi. 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 Yeah. Oh, that sounds gorgeous. Bocconi School of Management. And extensive studies in acting, Kristen has, as well as communication and women's development. Et voila, listeners. So you're, gonna, you're in for a treat today. Thank so, you. yeah, you know, Kristen, I, I was thinking about how you and I first met, 
um, or when it was. So you, if you started when in 97, that means you were, you, the first three years were in Italy and then you moved over to Switzerland. So was it 2000, 2001 when you and I first met or 2002? We met maybe? in 2002, 2002. Gosh, 2002. And so uh, listeners, I just luckily uh, having my own business learned about when this women in networking and this conference was going on in Geneva and it just sounded amazing. And I had, even with that, I still had no idea what I was in for, Kristen. <laughs> I mean, when you think back 20-something years ago, and there was music and flowers and dancing and art and yoga and meditation, and listeners, that was just the, those were the bells and whistles. You know, that wasn't even the main part of the conference. And so, um, for me, what has been so wonderful, aside from it being fabulous for my business and meeting clients, it also has produced a couple of lifelong friendships. So thank you for that, Kristen. You're welcome. Yeah. You know, and you know, you know that Karen and I are very good friends. So t- Karen say she actually was my, she interviewed me for this radio show. She was the very first episode we did. She was, we switched roles. And so she wow. was my interviewer. That's great. And I I think of a couple of quotes that come from past participants. I think Robin Pash described Wynn as a spa for the mind and the soul. Yeah. And another woman by the name of Linda Love said, attending Wynn made me feel like I could take on the world. That's true. The energy, I remember after the very first one, I was kind of like, it it used to, that was in the good old days when you had it like Friday through Sunday. Yeah. I literally, and I'm like a major extrovert, Kristen, and I just went home, just the the energy, you know, in my body. I'm not sure I slept very well that first night. It was just, it was intense. Yeah, it's so intense. How would you describe when to people who have never attended or, or think, oh, I'm thinking about going? What, how would you explain it to them? Yeah, I would like to explain it like it's an incredible learning experience. So you go there because you can learn from speakers who talks about the latest trend, the future work, and you will have workshops to learn many new skills. And that's not the only thing. You will learn it in an environment that's almost like a party. And when I'm saying that, I don't yes. mean an um serious way but it is really a combination of a school and a party and and there is lately become more research on this too saying we learn more than we are in joy so i think this is also one of its strengths that we we come together and this this open atmosphere and we feel so happy to be with each other and this almost party feeling comes alive as we are talking about the challenges of the world and and also how we can be the solutions for it so um, it's quite uh, quite this this nice combination yeah yeah that's true and i think that's why it appeals to me so much is because i love the joy and the play and the celebration yeah yeah and when has that in in spades as they say yeah yeah it does it does so kristen when i think about you having grown up in norway then moving to italy and then after that switzerland i'm curious to know how did your roots impact your decision to launch the win conference yeah, well, yeah. So as you said, I grew up in Norway, and Norway is um, is a, a quite an egalitarian country. So uh, I grew up uh, as a young woman with a female prime minister, quite a lot of female politicians, 
um, also quite a homogeneous culture, but I, f I felt very egalitarian ways towards boys and girls and women and men. And when I started to travel abroad, I didn't meet the same reality. I saw that the differences were much bigger elsewhere. And this has been confirmed by studies. I've seen the UN, they have reports on the best place to work and live for women. And Norway or the Scandinavian countries are normally always hitting the top. And the same goes for World Economic Forum studies also. Right. But, but for me, at first, I didn't even realize I started to work in Big Bang and I felt I don't know, it was something strange. I wasn't really heard. I didn't feel seen. I didn't feel valued or felt. So, um, so that was strange for me. And I, I, I think in the beginning, I even put it on myself. Oh, God, maybe I'm not good enough. What's wrong mm. here? Um, but as I continued and then I started traveling a lot with another job and I saw around the world how so many people were not valued and particularly not women. So, um, so it influenced me a lot in the sense that I could I had experienced, I knew how it would feel like to be in a place where there was higher egalitarianism and where women were playing active roles in decision-making more than I'd other countries. I had seen it. So when I talked about it, it wasn't just a strange vision, but it was something I knew was possible. Right. Um, so, so that was a driving force. I sort of wanted to recreate Norway everywhere I went. <laughs> <laughs> another, another thing maybe also that in Norway, uh, you're quite, in some ways, at least when I grew up, we're quite taken care of. Also, it's a very good welfare system. Mm. You dare to take risk. You feel like, okay, if something, if you fall out of the system, you will be pick, picked up and it doesn't only depend on your family. So, so I think I, I felt quite safe inside to take risk and go out and, and try to make a difference and a change. Mm. So I think it, it played um, on this two level. One, I had a safe base and two, I had a vision. That wow, that's so clear. And that, you know, I know that we're, you know, that, that, that importance of the safe base yeah. I remember listening to someone speaking a couple of weeks ago about universal basic income. And he said, yeah. it gives people the power to say no and the freedom to say yes. Exactly. Exactly. And, and this is how I felt. I felt that. Even when later, maybe, I didn't, maybe it was more, more risky. I was not in Norway any, anymore, but still I had that feeling inside that I right. grew up with. Yeah. yeah, it was ingrained in you enough. Yeah, yeah. You know, so you were clearly a pioneer starting when? Yeah. Describe that for me in more detail. Yeah, I mean, at first I just... First, I think I was a little naive in the sense that I thought, oh, we have to do something because <laughs> women are not heard and seen and valued and felt like I, I wanted it to be. Um, and also as a young woman, I had lots of enthusiasm and lots of energy. And I thought, okay, internet was coming. Let's change the game right now so we can be on the forefront with the right skills. And let's bring everybody up. Let's bring everybody in from Africa to India to Germany to Iceland, every country together. And, you know, I was like, yeah, yeah, you know. And um, and then I, I, I also saw after the actually first conference, I saw a lot of women that had, taken on a very sort of male role I, I saw them had also taken on and given away a lot of themselves and that I was a bit touched by that and I started to explore oh how can we do things also in another way maybe uh, start exploring or authenticity or feminine side 
and bring that into business. And that was very, very new at the time. So we're talking almost 25 years ago. And then I thought, oh, let's bring well-being. We do a little yoga in the morning. We bring flowers, bring music. And people thought I was totally nuts in the beginning. Yeah. And, and when you're listening to this today, you may wonder why that was so weird. But it was actually. And particularly this combination of looking at business where we do that with beauty also. We do that with trust and integrity. And we try to create well-being amongst each other. So my first was just go for it. I didn't understand how I didn't think about the obstacles that, that March. But of course they came and and what I have learned that when you when you go early, when you are the first or amongst the first, is it's it's very important because you can you can be the pathfinder. It's like artists and, and early early innovators, um, there will always be someone that comes to you and love it because they also want to be part of, you know, the leading edge of things. Right. But there are also a lot of skeptical people because like you're crazy maybe or this cannot be done and so on. Yeah. So what I learned was to make sure I kept the, the latter group, those that were telling me, oh, that's not possible, a little bit on the distance. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so smart. You did that consciously? Yeah, I did it quite consciously. Excellent. Because, um, I realized uh, quite early that um, those existed. Yeah. But I had enough people who said, yeah, 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 can I help you, you know, yeah. and, and let's be part of it. So, so that was important. And I mean, maybe in the very, very beginning, I didn't really understand, but I quickly understood to keep the others a little bit away. Yeah. And that doesn't mean not listening to critique right. and feedback. That's a different thing. But you have to listen to feedback from people who really want you well uh, and mm. who sort of get a little bit about where you're going. Mm-hmm. Um, but you see also in the beginning, it was small, all volunteer run. So it was, it was not so threatening to people. But what I realized later when it got a little bigger and more companies came in, had bigger sponsorship, there was more money. And then it was a second wave of, of having to really stay strong in my pioneering activities because wow. Then there were people, you know, saying, oh, uh, why are we dancing or why are we moving our bodies? And they didn't really, that's not corporate enough or that's not mm. business enough. And, um, but again, I knew that this is good for us. I knew it's good for us to move. I knew it's good for us to laugh and be happy. And, and um, so, I, so I kept going, but, I, but that's the hard part sometimes, you know, because now you see 2000 and, and 21, and everybody talks about wellness, everybody right. talks about uh, how to find balance and stuff, and all the feminine values that exist in women and men have now been more, is more valued, mm-hmm. um, at least by many, many people, not everybody still. So, so I think when you're a pioneer, you have to really follow your intuition, you have to navigate a bit into the future, uh, and then make sure you have people who support you around you. And then you had to learn to bridge because what is interesting too, I think is when you are a pathfinder or a pioneer is that of course you want to bring the people with you when you are convinced that this way is a good for them even. It's just they don't see it yet. Right. Um, so, so you had to sort of try to find ways to communicate and, and, and network or build bridges so you can bring people along. And so they, because, so they feel good and, and, and in most of the cases, I think we succeeded in doing that. And, and some left, but that's okay. It's not for everybody also. No. You know, this is also so cool. You can also say, wow, and the, this is a global experience and people can come from all over the world, you know, and, and, and they will feel alignment with this proposal. So, yeah. So that's a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. 
Wow, that's it's even though I know a lot about the the wind story and the history, it's really still fascinating for me to hear it again. And um, congratulations to you for being aware of you know there's what they say the naysayers and the the supporters and just being consciously making that decision to create a bit of space. And I, I know when I first moved to Switzerland, it was for me similar. I got feedback literally from another American woman who told me, oh, girl, you have got to rein it in. You, no one is going to, you know, you, th- you're just too much for people. And I tried. I really like different little ways. I tried to be, you know, reserved. And at some point I was like, you know, everyone's not going to love me anyway. So let me see if I can be at peace with everyone not loving me. And I suspect there's going to be enough other people that will want what I have and that will keep me busy for life. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so at, like you, I had to make a conscious choice to say, yeah. okay, it, it's, the, it's all right that not everyone's going to be on board. Yeah, and, and I think also when we deal with women, like now uh, trying to, we have to also remember that we have had patriarchy for about 6,000 years or so. so. And the values of the patriarchy of, of giving value to hierarchy, giving value even to men more than women or to, to certain value system is not only in um, it's not only lived by men. Also women, we have grown up in the same cultures and right. so, on. so so if we so the proposal of wind that has also been trying to propose things like, oh, this is of the feminine, uh, even women can reject it because even if it might be of their nature, but since it was new and since we have learned to give less value to much of what comes from women, I mean, that, that, so this awakening that's now going on amongst women with lots of self-realization and lot of acceptance and a lot of loving ourselves, that's been part of this journey. We have seen so um, much evolution in this past 20 yeah. years. So, yeah. uh, um, I don't know if I ever told you this. So what, listeners, one thing to be aware of, even though this is a women's conference, there's some very brave courageous, uh, progressive men who attend as well. And they're very, you know, men of all types are encouraged and they have a, you know, wonderful time. And um, I don't know if, it, so I, this is what happened, Kristen. This was um, several years ago. I, one of the male participants had been a participant of mine in the workshops I do. And he came up to me, he said, Amy, I, I don't know why I'm here. I, I think I'm being punished. <laughs> and I I said why do you think that he was well you know there's just you know there's not that many men here and so for him it was very destabilizing to be yeah. in a conference with so many women and then also kind of thinking he didn't fit in and oh, fast forward three days later I said so hey how's it going he goes oh my god this is amazing I'm so happy <laughs> yeah I know <laughs> So it was just extraordinary to see his uh, transformation over those three days. Yeah, this is also, so actually many men have written to me and talked to me after and they said it was extraordinary transformation for them. It's uh, because they and I asked them why, you know, everybody was so open. And then I said, um, and you like that? And I said, yeah, they like that. And, and 
they admit that they became more open too in an wow. environment that's open, which makes me think sometimes. So it's not, but it isn't only about women. It's just this, if we can create a place where we feel it's okay to be yourself and there to be open. Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's men love that too. You know? Yep. And there was one guy that was at the gala dinner and I said, uh, and I was sitting next to him and he was saying like, Oh, this is a wonderful party. And I said, weren't you here last year? I said, yeah, but I didn't go to the dinner. He said, oh, no, I didn't dare to, he said. And then I said, but this year you're courageous. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, oh. I understand. But this is also how many women have felt in very male-dominated places in the past. Right. So, it's, so it's a, I think it's an interesting experience um, for yeah. them too. Yeah. You know, Kristen, you and I, we've known each other these 20 years now. And I'm curious to know, how would you say your leadership style has transformed over that time? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, I think in the beginning, I I was very consensus type a leader, very consensus driven, very, yeah, in a way, Scandinavian, you know, involving everybody, listening to everybody and then making the decision. I mean, I'm, I'm, which is quite normal up in the north. Um, and I still, I think, apply that style with my team to a certain degree a lot of consultative way listening to everybody but I ultimately make the decision also um, but it is and yeah well it still is a little bit like that is a balance of listening to people and receiving information and then going forward and I think this is this is important it is also very situational so during the year with my team advisory board or various people from our ecosystem of uh, speakers, sponsors, participants. It's uh, it's a style of listening. It's very listening style. But during an event itself, and it's very fast, we switch it a little more into a hierarchical way because then you need mm -hmm. fast, you need clear clarity. Um, so, so I think it's very agile style. Um, and mine is very people-based because I, I like to be with people. Uh, most of the time, or I also like to be completely alone and sit and write and invent stuff and do my nerdy things. So, so, so I'm, I have a quite a, but I, I think I have a good balance between exactly this feminine and masculine. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I'm, you talk often about that, and that's a, a great example. What's another example, or do you want to expand on that that yeah. distinction between feminine and masculine style of leadership? Yeah, yeah, and, um, so, and again, it's just in some ways just labels but we know from Chinese they talk about yin and yang and in yoga we talk about feminine and masculine and the feminine is this receptivity or beingness and the masculine will be your doingness or action or goal setting or strategic way and um, when we talk about the feminine or beingness and that's something that I talk a lot about and I try to exemplify that it's not only about oh I have a strategy into the future but I try to work on it also vertically on developing me so i am what i'm talking at so mm. in the feminine will be that i both i receive and i radiate so it radiate so it's my it's my ripple way of being so if i am what i'm talking about if win itself is a conference that is an experience then the whole event will ripple out this inspiring energy uh while the masculine would be okay let's set a goal let's go there and create structure and we need this balance we need the structure so that things can be going with a flow mm -hmm. in the flow uh, mm -hmm. of the feminine and, and also when you look at for instance networking you have uh, the way of 
traditional way. I set a goal. I'm going to meet these people. You look in the book. Who are you going to meet? And you go get them. You know. But a win is much more synchronistic. I try to create this environment where pick a workshop. You don't pre-select. You go. When the room is full, we close the door. You don't get in. You have to find another one. You know. Pay attention to who is sitting next to you. Go sit with someone you don't know yet. Whoever you meet, you know, that is the person you need to talk to. So I'm trying to create this more synchronistic way of connections. And I live quite my life like that too in, in, the, in the creation of the agenda. I try to see, oh, what's coming to me? What is, you know, so you live this creative way, this flow way. Uh, and that is the feminine way. Wow. Um, and it needs structure too. Yeah. So, that's this thing of going between the two. But since the feminine hasn't had enough value over the past, I don't know, thousands of years, I'm also become quite an advocate of the feminine, of beauty, of giving it value, giving value to the context, not only content. Because mm -hmm. if you are in a beautiful in a garden where the flowers can grow well, that garden has meaning and that's the context. Right. So, so, so it's not only about looking at how productive is that one person, but what is that surrounding the bigger thing, the the nice house where you feel safe, you know, yeah. the nice office where you can feel safe, and that's the intangible, and that's part of the feminine, mm -hmm. and and that has value, and yeah. creating that consciously so people can really flourish. Yeah, that's nice. also part of my leadership and part of my way. So, mm. and the proposal of in here. Yeah. Uh, you know, Kristen, we're going to take a break now. And when we come back, I'm going to ask you, so I'll give you a minute to consider, what are some of the gremlins that you have eliminated in your life? Because as a pioneer, as a woman in business, you know, there's certainly been, I'm sure, challenges you've had. So I'm going to ask you about that. So listeners, if you want to connect more and find connect with and find out more about Kristen, go directly to her website, winworld.global. I'm going to spell that for you. W-I-N-W-O-R-L-D dot global. And be sure to sign up for the newsletter so you can join her leadership conference experience. And maybe you decide you want to go to the next one in November, which is going to be both in Dubai and online. And Listeners, if you're ready to take your superhero partner powers into the next decade, join me for my online leadership presence course. You'll find details on my website, carolcoaching.com, and that's Carol with two R's and two L's. And when we come back we'll, from break, we'll be hearing more from Kristen, what she has to say about her gremlins. Stay tuned. You're listening to Partner Up with Amy Carroll on the Voice America Business Channel. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. Do you have colleagues, family members, or neighbors that just drive you crazy sometimes? Do you occasionally find yourself feeling disrespected, mistreated, or annoyed by others? As a no-nonsense communication coach, trainer, speaker, and author, Amy Carroll may have a solution for you. For over 35 years, Amy has studied status and power dynamics, what sabotages relationships, results, and how to get desired outcomes in business and personal interactions. Make Your Partner Look Good is a philosophy from improvisational theatre, as well as Amy's favourite mantra. For the last 20 years, she has been using her superhero powers to inspire individuals and multinationals around the globe to transform their communication and tap into their own partner powers. With concrete behaviour changes in voice, 
body language, words and attitude, Amy shows clients what to keep and what to change to get more of what you want more often with less hassle. Visit carolcoaching.com today. That's C-A-R-R-O-L-L coaching.com. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to facebook.com forward slash voice America or search for the keywords voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to facebook.com forward slash voice America or search for voice America. You are listening to Partner Up with Amy Carroll. We want participation from you. Feel free to send an email to amy at carolcoaching.com. Now, back to Partner Up with Amy Carroll. Here again is Amy. Welcome back. My guest today is Kristen Envig, and we've been discussing... Her, the WIN conference that she started 20 plus years ago and what she has learned along the way. So, Kristen, as I said, just before the break, I wanted to find out from you if you would tell us what have some, been some of the gremlins that you've had to fight with and you've been able to eliminate. Wow. <laughs> and how, you, how you've done it. Give us the how, how to. Oh, my God. There's been so many. And also <laughs> working on women's empowerment. I've had to empower myself, too, in some ways. You know, I remember some of the first things I was fighting with. I think it was this. I felt, you know, oh, my God. Um, I mean, I, when I started, I was in Italy, which is also valuing seniority quite a lot. And I was in my late 20s when I started. And I've, I always felt very, very young. And I don't know if I could do it. And then. I come from a small town in a small country and I remember feeling like, oh God, I, I don't know. I just, I was not sure if I was up to it, but still I did it, right? Mm. So, and, and and one of the early challenges was, it was about that. And I remember the Norwegian skier team was willing, winning a lot of gold medals that year. And I thought, The Norwegian okay. ski team? Yeah, ski team. <laughs> okay. And I remember thinking, that's very different than me, but like, Oh, they were pretty good. Okay, so even if I'm from a small country in a small town, you know, these people are also that. <laughs> and they were winning all these gold medals. And I thought, okay, then I can do this too. But that I was love that. So you got inspiration from your home country ski team. That's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> Although I might be a little more external. But what I what I realized over the over the years as this got bigger too and was okay one was some external gremlins I mean that was more like learning new things speaking in front of people learning new skills and dealing with one country after another I mean I've done this in Japan I've done this in Nigeria I've done this in India so I had to learn you know new cultural skills and finding people and finding funding and finding so this is let's say on the skill level and on the pragma- pragmatic level too is a lot of lot of learning um which sort of always worked out. And and I think the biggest challenges were more on my inner journeys, you know, mm-hmm. on my own inner grimly, grimly, oh, gremlins. gremlins. <laughs> you can call them whatever you want. Ooh, <laughs> so whatever we can call them. Because I think, I think it was this, because on the one hand, you know, we're out there in the world and speaking about business. And on the other hand, 
this is also about the feminine and about beauty and everything. And, and I'm also sensitive in the, like, I, I, I am sensitive in my skin. I feel things and I can create things. But then also sometimes it's overwhelming with all the people. And, uh, and I guess I also took hard that if things were, I was also a little perfectionist and I think, which I think is a problem for many young young women today. Too. Yes. I wanted everything to be perfect. Yeah. And in the early days, and when it wasn't, I took it very hard. And if people mm. criticized it, I took it hard. So I had mm. to overcome that. And mm-hmm. I've been working on that all till now, you know, how to be kinder with myself. And even if it's not perfect, how to love myself no matter what, as long as I do my best. So then I started these mantras. But if I do all I can, that's yeah. the, that's that's what I can do. Um, so that's been what I'm telling my team also. Kristen, to- mm-hmm. l- let me challenge you. You said yeah. if I could do all, are there times when you allow yourself to not do all you can because that's the right thing? Yeah, that is also, that's been coming up much more lately, I feel, oh. because, uh, because sometimes you just got tired, you know, like, <laughs> so much. That's it. That's all I got. <laughs> I mean, something about at least do all that you can and, and so here is the thing what I what I learned also is to put a deadline to things like because mm. maybe you think if you are like I my my shadow would be the perfectionism work 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 all the time uh, that is now to to put deadlines okay within these limits I work all I do but I have to take time off I mean I used to I was so crazy some years I worked from early in the morning and the late night, Saturday, Sunday, all the time, completely workaholic. And and yes, it built up wind. So in the one side, it's good, but it was too much. So then mm. I had to to stop, you know, weekends off, Sunday off. One day, you absolutely don't look at the email. You don't do WhatsApp. You don't do any of these things. And so, so I had to put boundaries. And I think that's been... A, biggest challenge for me over the years to put boundaries and boundaries for myself yeah because you know people can call you any hour i work on all time zones you right work on all and now with more and more communication means it can be a total nightmare yeah and then on the one hand i also started to get more requests from around the world and then but then my time went to talk to all these people while i also needed to take care of finding funding to run the office and stuff. And then I neglected that a little bit because I also thought it was fun to be out there with the people. So <laughs> not another challenge. But I think the, the biggest challenge for me was this of my in, own insecurities, feeling I wasn't enough and therefore running into perfectionism and overwork. Yep. Uh, and how that healing journey of coming back to myself and understanding that I deserve to have space for me yeah. and take time off and and enjoy myself. Oh, I enjoy the work too. This is a fun, fun, fun experience. And at the same time, so these boundary settings have been been a big thing for me. Um, that uh that uh, you know uh, we are teaching on women's empowerment. Yeah. I have it's not like any of those things that I talk about. It's not something I haven't gone through myself. I mean, right. I've been to all those corners of women's shadow side almost, you know. So I experienced a lot of different things that I had made me have to go deep from mm-hmm. men to, you know, to all sort of things. So, and so, 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 so that was not only easy, but what is a good thing, I feel now I can go everywhere on the planet and I have... Mm compassion with so many me- women uh, because I understand also personally uh, so many things from from the harassment issue to yeah. uh, to the insecurity issue so um, 
so it's sometimes people say, oh, it's a beautiful positioning, you know, like talking about the feminine, but it, it's so much deeper than that. This is yeah. really a real thing, you know. So. You know, and I, I want to ask you, and I feel like you're starting to get at it, what you're saying now is about authentic leadership, because that's something you talk a lot about and it's yeah. important to you. Yeah. What does that mean for you? What's an example of authentic yeah. leadership? Yeah, it's, I think, so for me, the meaning is, that something that's of our nature and it's almost like a process of discovery and exploration for ourselves it's to find that which is of our nature the seed let's say that we came here with and that we are here to blossom as um so it's more than just a innovative idea or a or a a fancy hat let's say although that can be fun expressions as well but it is to try is this is this long, lifelong, I will say, quest to find ourselves and find ourselves again and again and a, and a journey, an inner journey of asking also, who am I today? You know, who am I really? Um, and I think when it comes to that type of leadership, it means then that we, whether it doesn't need to be, it means to lead from who you are, but with who you are too, because we're not ever in isolation. We are with other people or with other things, with nature and everything. So it is about this finding these true relationships with others and with what we're with uh, and not to copy things or fake things, but try to find what, what is true here. And it does require some inner work because if we are just always searching from the outside, that is not authentic. So when you see this in leadership, it will be um, people who who do reflect a little bit on their on them on themselves mm. and on the others who are good at listening, I feel. Um, and I also want to stress that it doesn't need to be, oh, you're leading the World Bank or IBM or it can also simply be leading your own life. Because when you're leading right. a life as an mm-hmm. authentic person mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in today's world and as a woman in this time where millions of women have been submi- submissed, you know, or yeah almost slaves to in certain cultures, even just coming out as you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> nothing, nothing else than that. It, it, is, it requires your leadership of yourself, let's say. You know. Yeah, and when I'm listening to you, what's coming up for me is there's a theme that I uh, um, hold for myself, like maybe I call it a standard, which is being fully self-expressed. Yeah. And so I will sometimes check in with myself when I'm in a situation, usually it's in a social situation and I, I challenge myself, am I being fully self-expressed? Like here's a, a quick example. I was in India at a conference on nonviolent communication. It was the first evening and the entertainment was late. And so they said, anybody who wants to come up and read a poem or sing a song or do a dance, you're welcome to. And I checked in with myself, Kristen. I realized, oh no. I want to sing a song. And this is a problem because I'm a really, really bad singer. Like kind of like got kicked out of chorus kind of, you know, in in fourth grade level. And I, and I knew that if I didn't do it, I wouldn't be fully self-expressed. I would have denied my, you know, something. So I turned to my good friend, Emma, and I look at her and I said, Emma, I'm so sorry. She's like, what do you mean you're sorry? And then she sees me stand up and walk over to the microphone. She's like, 
and she knows how bad I sing. She's like, no, Amy, don't, don't. And I got up and I said to everyone, okay, so I'm going to sing a song. I'm, I know I'm a terrible singer, so don't worry. I know this already. And when I finish singing, I would like you to respond like you're at your favorite, you know, like a rock concert and I'm your favorite singer. And they're all like, okay. So I had a lot of play and joy with it. Um, I took the pressure off them, letting them know not to worry. You know, this is not Celine Dion here. And that's something that happened so many years ago. And it was, it still gives me that sense of joy. And it's a, for me, the word is compass to have your inner compass to know, you know, what, how it is being fully self-expressed and authentic mean, what does yes. that mean for you? And this also brings us back to creativity and a creative life. And as we go forward in the world now, and this is also part of one of the pillars of women, authenticity and creativity, uh, because if we are co-creating the future, so I'm not only ideating it, like planning it, but creating it, then this exact listening that you talked about, it came up in you at, oh, I have to sing. And then you think about, oh God, but I'm not a good singer, but it had, was already, already there. It came from somewhere. <laughs> Sorry. And it's like sometimes I walk somewhere before I even decide to walk, you know, this type of, when that happens and we are then creating and the, the words are just coming, you know, and then from another, we can co-create. And that's a very, very important uh, awareness to have as we move forward also into the future, I think, because so many things are changing now and so fast. And, and we have to learn that more and more and to speak when you feel that urge to speak and also be quiet when that is another urge. Yeah. Um, and that's when we get this dance of life uh, that emerges and which is mm. very exciting. But I'm, of course, it's scary when you said, oh, I'm going to sing and you realize oh, yeah. what you just said. <laughs> and it's also, if I face my fear and I survive it, then I gain courage. That's the the, the benefit. Yes. <laughs> so um, I'm curious to know, how have you seen leadership evolving globally in general yeah. and then also for women? Yeah, I think. I think it has become more and more what we can say feminine. So both women and men over this past 20 years or so have become more collaborative. So what we said, okay, let's get into collaborative and creative leadership styles is now happening also amongst men. So if you glance through, you know, a LinkedIn feed or something in this morning, tomorrow morning or uh, tonight, you will see a lot of people talking about that. Uh, so, oh, authenticity, oh, let's collaborate. So, so we see that this, this, this part towards the more collaborative style. So it's become fem more feminine also for women and men. So that's something. But it's also another part. There's also some of this uh, leading enormous things. So, so where you have leaders of companies that are becoming bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. Um, and I don't know yet what to make of that, but I think if you see in the, in the, smaller scale of leadership it is on the one hand becoming more authentic and collaborative and on the other hand it feels like that old style of command and control there mm. is falling away and, mm. and at the same time it may also be quite present because they may try to hold on to it as long as it lasts uh, so sometimes it can be present quite present for some but uh, I am quite hopeful that this new collaborative style is, is coming more and more. And 
you're right. It's interesting that old fashioned style is is um, becoming more not more pronounced. It's just that when you see it, it seems more ridiculous. Yeah, you yeah, know, twenty yeah. years ago, people put up with it. They accepted it. Is now it's kind of like you got to be kidding me. Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah, you can. So knowing what you know today, what's your advice, your recommendation for leaders? Yeah, I think particularly the the sensitive ones, I will say, you know, believe in yourself because and your voice is is, is needed because uh, there was a study I saw that many of the CEOs of the world's biggest companies are uh, not are are more towards the sociopath side of the scale than to the highly empathic side well we need the empathic leaders that understand other people uh, if you're going to have more inclusion if you're going to have uh, more collaboration so it is important that the empathic and and compassionate and sort of the collaborative leaders are are visible even if it might take more for, for from them because they will feel everybody so but somehow we, we need that but if you are of that type, I would say, don't be shy. You are right. Don't, don't, you are needed in the world. The world needs that. Um, and the world really needs generous people too. It's appalling sometimes what's going on, you know. So kindness and simple etiquette and generosity is extremely important and can also make you go a long way and make people respect you. Yeah, and it's shocking. Okay, so I was just giving a training this afternoon. And one of the participants said, I went to a meeting and one of the senior vice presidents, he was greeting everyone and he was so warm and he was so friendly and he used my name and he asked how I was doing. And she said, and she's not just, she's already very high in the organization. And yet here she had a more senior person who saw her, who acknowledged her, acknowledged her who connected with her. Not much more than that. And she said, it, it uh, gave me a fantastic mood for the rest of the day. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's, it, and the more, I think that what's important for leaders to appreciate is that they have this power and yeah. that the more generous they are with it by connecting with and acknowledging other people, they can't really appreciate how significant that is. Yeah, it's huge. And this is also part of what I said is context creation, because this way they create uh, cultures where people feel appreciated and seen. And then they will automatically even probably even do more, you know, because they feel they are more and they're seen. Um, uh, so so this is hugely important. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, agreed with that. And something I want to skip back a moment we were, when we we're talking about authentic leadership. What's your, I think you talk about a lot about self-reflection and I think sometimes a, a nice way to cheat yeah. <laughs> if, and your ego, it's kind of hard on your ego sometimes though, is get feedback from people you trust yeah. who are willing to speak their truth to you. Yeah. Yeah. Very important because we all have, no matter how many journaling books you're writing, so to speak, and how much yoga you do and meditation, there will always be blind spots. So you have to make sure you find people who can give you feedback. And and I think also choose wisely there. Be with people. Somehow 
the people who are a bit aligned to you know where you want to go so that they don't drag you in another direction. Because that's happened to me. So someone said, oh, Christine, you know, don't start with a meditation. It's crazy. You know, you scare them. But that was not good feedback because it was important to do that. It was just a little bit of a couple of years ahead of the others or something, you know. But a good feedback would be, you know, try to find a bridge so they understand what you're doing. That could have been a good thing. Mm. Not to eliminate it or... Or at least I think so. <laughs> but what my experience is, uh, maybe I was wrong, but I don't think so. So, so find someone who really wants, or they must want you well. They must really, really want you well. I think that's the point, you know. So, mm-hmm. and then learn to give feedback to others too, but with love, you know, with with care. So, um, not that not it doesn't need to be harsh. It just needs to be. Because yeah. also, if you want to be a leader, uh, or at least if you want to lead other people, not just yourself, but if you want to have an extraordinary life, whether you're an artist or a banker, mm. you need to overcome. You need to overcome little gremlins uh, on the inside and learn new things from the outside. And having people who can give you a little bit of feedback yeah. makes you excel, and and you become richer as a human inside, not necessarily in money. And if you do that too, why not? Yeah. But it's also this richer as a human because you, you just are more whole. You know, yes. Wholesome. Yeah. You're less fragile. It's You're healing yeah. some of your trauma. I, yeah. I finally realized, Kristen, that we're all pretty much born into this world with trauma that was either passed on to us or, <laughs> you know, our lives have presented it to us. Yes. And, and, and this is also something I think in the in my leadership, I, I was I was looking at something specific the other day on how I entered into the Japanese market or how we started to work in Japan. I didn't really enter market because, and that was the point. Someone asked me, oh, what was your strategy and why did you go to Japan instead of China? And I said, well, it was nothing, uh, was not a goal nor a strategy really. But someone, I had a love for the country. I'd been there a few times before. And then a little bit by coincidence, I met Japanese people who came to the global conference. They invited me over. Then mm-hmm. one of my sponsors in Europe said, oh, Japan is a difficult market for us. Let's do something. And, and, and I realized we did so many things. And it was because of very good connections. And it was also a little bit because of uh, decisions that I had chosen even a long time ago. You know, when you are, should I do or should I not? And you say yes. And then another time in life, should I do or should I not? And you say yes again. And suddenly these makes up almost a path or a pattern and you realize god is almost like a destiny path that i met all these people and i paid attention yeah created connections with them get deep friendship or business connections but they're good uh, trustworthy relationships and then suddenly you do it so it's, it's this is this feminine or this more soulful way for women and men to work so it's not only oh let's decide where you're going to go and that's also okay, but it depends on your nature, what's easiest yeah. for you. Uh, but I have done a lot in that other way, where I connected with people. Me too. Together, and I'm almost pulled into that place or pushed yeah. from behind or I don't yeah. know, something. Yeah. yeah, in fact, I would say that that is an improv, you know, you and I both share the power of improvisational yeah. theater. Yeah. And that's an improv attitude of saying yeah. yes. Yeah. So... Kristen, my friend, we are starting to wrap up. And before we do, I want to steal something from Brene Brown that she does on her podcast. Uh-huh. It's a quick fire questions. Yeah. Are you ready? Yes. Okay, good. All right. So um, what advice do you have for young women just starting their careers? 
Yes, so believe in yourself, but also listen to older women, older than you. So it's both, you know, you can do it and you can learn from others and support each other and make an extra effort. And in the supporting each other, it's also support each other where you are. Now, now, oh, I need to meet a very important person. Yeah, that's right. But if you support each other where you are now today, imagine the network you will have later with everybody goes up. Yeah, nice. And next one, what challenge would you like to offer well-established white male leaders? Uh, you know, guys, go and join the WIND conference. <laughs> Merge yourself in a group That's of well-hearted, well-being women. That's uh, brilliant. And just yes. get yourself in more informed about the topic. I know many of you are well-meaning and uh, it's just about waking up. And a lot of women yeah. need to wake up too. They're also, many women are also in the patriarchy. They're not yeah. alone, these guys. You know? True, true. Yeah. And finally, what advice do you have for global citizens? Yeah, global citizen. I think um, global citizen are the the lack of living in different countries or being in different cultures and understanding the movement and the goings of the world uh, uh, has uh, that understanding and and is to share with the local people, but also listen to the local people because it's. It's almost like that dance of the feminine and the masculine. I mean, there's certain global trends and forces and things moving right. that uh, we tap into. And it's good to understand because you can see what's coming when you understand the big picture of things. But at the same time, it can also warm your heart a lot to hear stories of the local people. And don't be, don't get cocky because you know the world. You know, that's right. also keep right. your feet on the ground. Right. Um, so it's this, this is a very important thing. Hmm. Okay, so now, Kristen, um, in 20 seconds, what, based on everything we've talked about today, what's your call for action for listeners? Yeah, call for action is support others, support particularly other women, lift up other women. And also when you are with men, assure them this is not anything against them. Nice. For women. There is space for women, there's space for men, there's space for all of us. In the in the name of the feminine, it's about collaboration, it's about being together, but it's not about stepping on each other. And also for women, believe in yourself. There is no need to pull anyone down because you will not become bigger and more because of that. So collaborate, care, and share. And make an Collaborate, and care, care, and share. And share. Nice. And then nothing actually comes on its own. Even we can sit and meditate, but we do need to make an extra effort too. So that's it. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Beautiful. So um, something I would like to, my call, first call for action to listeners is consider taking self-assessments to increase your self-awareness. I think it's a nice combination between the journaling and the getting feedback from other people. And listeners, send me your communication conundrums, clashes, challenges, mishaps, blunders, and successes. You can send those to me via email or social media. I'll read them and discuss them on future shows and make suggestions. My email is amy at carolcoaching.com. And that's Carol with two R's and two L's. And if you want to connect with Kristen, remember you can check out her website, winworld.global. That's W-I-N-W-O-R-L-D.global. Sign up for that newsletter and get connected to her leadership conference experience. Now, for next time, be sure to switch on, tune in, listen up, and be inspired next week because I'm going to be interviewing Matthias Hartman, back by popular demand. I spoke to Matthias a couple of months ago. And this episode, we're going to be discussing the fear of rejection, 
its impact on your life and what to do about it. Now, feel free, listeners, to connect with me on my social media channels, Amy Carroll Coaching. Also, if you're game for more, I'm going to be hopping over to Facebook Live five minutes past the hour for a short chat on today's show. Kristen, thank you. It's been a wonderful conversation. Thank you, Amy. And listeners, thank you for tuning in. You've been listening to Partner Up with Amy Carroll on the Voice America Business Channel. Happy partnering, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to Partner Up with Amy Carroll. Join Amy for another edition next Friday at 7 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Central European Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Until we speak again, make it a great week. And remember, make your partner look good.